I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. This episode is brought to you by sax.com. At sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at sax.com. Hello, world, and welcome back to another episode of Thanks for Coming In. I'm your host, Jillian Clare. For those of you tuning in for the first time today, hello and welcome. This is the show where I speak to fellow actors and make them tell me horribly sad, funny, and uh, exciting audition stories from their past. Sometimes they tell me things that are, are really great and having a wonderful ending, and sometimes they tell me things that are just truly heart-shattering. It all just depends. But we have fun, and I enjoy it, so I hope you do too. And hey, if you do love it, you can uh, leave us some stars and some love wherever it is you're listening to the show. That would be fantastic. And um, well, I I truly appreciate it. So <laughs> thank you in advance, I hope. I would like to take a moment to uh, talk to all of the actors who are feeling discouraged or let down or um, even questioning why they're in this silly industry. If you are feeling this way, I so encourage you to start making things with your friends, producing content. And when I say content, I mean like short films, a web series, a podcast, like a fiction podcast. There's so many things you can do now and so many ways to create. And um, I know it's been, it's just been, it's been an awful and horrible year. Um, and it's really hard to keep that creativity flowing with so much darkness 
um, surrounding us so so much of the time. So if if you're there, if if you're feeling kind of the way I've been feeling the past week or so, just do something for yourself, something fun. Even if you just record a couple monologues and put them online, do something because it, it just feels so much better and so good to be able to get that creativity running through your veins again. Um, please do that. And if you do do something and you post it, share it with me. I want to see it. Today on the show, we have Nikki Blonsky, who you all know from Hairspray. Fantastic actress. I love that movie so much. And um, it was such a, a great honor to talk to Nikki and, and hear about her life post-Hairspray. And I'm really excited for what comes next in her career. So here's my conversation with Nikki Blonsky. Welcome to the show, Nikki. Thank you for having me. Hi. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited to chat with you. Talk about some fun auditions or some not so fun auditions. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Are you um Are you on the East Coast or are you in LA? I'm in LA. I moved back. I moved to LA back in December, um, and I've kind of just been here ever since. And I, you know, I'm a New Yorker through and through. And the more yeah. I'm here, the more it becomes apparent that I'm a New Yorker. Um, but I do, I miss the East Coast terribly, but I, I do like the West Coast. It's nice, you know. Yeah, I mean, at least it's sunny over there. They're still dealing with like snowstorms and whatnot, so. I know, I know, New York, but you know, it's just, it'll always be home. But yeah, it, it is nice to know that when I wake up, the sun's going to be shining. That's nice. <laughs> well, welcome back to LA. We're excited to have you back on uh, on this side of the country. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. It's been a minute, so I'm glad to be back. So everyone knows you from Hairspray. I mean, it was a worldwide sensation and that role was amazing and you were absolutely incredible in it. But how did you know that you wanted to be an actor? Like, where was your start? Oh my gosh. My start goes all the way back to when I was three years old, um, just singing. Like I would, mm -hmm. my parents couldn't stop me. Like I just, I was always singing around the house. The first song that I ever sang was Stop in the Name of Love by Diana Ross and the Supremes. Um, I heard it. I remember it just stuck with me. And that was a song that I saw, like sang at every family event, like all the time. I um, was always performing for my grandparents growing up. Um, you know, it, it was just, I was the only granddaughter also out of like six grandkids. So it, while all the boys oh, wow. were talking about sports, I was always singing, 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 you know, that was my thing. You know, we all had our <laughs> things. Um, and then it really became my thing when I got into high school and I really found my group of friends. And when I went to the village school, yeah. it was an alternative high school in my hometown of Great Neck. And they really focused, like hyper-focused on what you wanted to do with your life and your career. And they knew I wanted to have a career wow. in um, performing and entertaining and singing. And like my high school principal played the guitar. We used to record all the time. We had a recording studio in our school, like super cool school. Um, and that's what yeah, I met my mentor through there. 
Dr. Levy. And that's when I started doing the shows, like the really big shows. The like mm. There were two main um, high schools in our town. And each high school would have like a big fall musical and a big spring musical and then every year uh the south uh, we call it north and south the the two high schools um the south side of town would do an opera every year oh wow and so I decided that I was going to go over to the south side of town and um that's where I started doing the shows and that's where I got exposed to you know my mentor exposed me to Stephen Sondheim and George Bizet and like all of these you know, masterful composers that, you know, I necessarily hadn't been exposed mm. to before. Um, so that was for me, like when I really kicked it into high gear was in high school. That's when I made, like, I remember making that decision in my brain, like, no, this is what you want to do. This is what you're going to do. Um, and even if I wasn't doing it professionally straight out of high school, I was going to go to college and I was going to study it. Um, so yeah, that was kind of the plan all along. Um, did I see hairspray coming a mile away? No, absolutely. I still, to this day, it still shocks the absolute crap out of me sometimes. Um, but yeah, I, I could have never called it, but here we are. Yeah. I mean, and that happened. Were you still in high school when you booked hairspray or were you, had you just graduated? It was senior year of high school. I was getting ready to graduate, had all my credits, was literally just getting ready to go to like, you know, prom and do all the graduation ceremonies. And um, (laughs) I had been auditioning for six months uh, for the movie. I was in a a six-month audition process. So half of my senior year of high school was like dedicated to like, just booking hairspray. Um, and none of my friends knew because Oh my gosh. I you know, you don't want to like tell all your friends, hey, I'm auditioning for this movie and then not get it, and then be like, Oh well, I don't know why I didn't get it. So I didn't tell anybody. Oh, the only people that knew were my teachers. Oh my god, that must have been so hard. It was incredibly difficult. Um, the only people that knew were my teachers from high school who let me cut class to audition. And um, my bosses from Coldstone who gave me shifts off to audition. <laughs> so, I love that. Yeah. So it was, a, it wow. was such a shock so- to me. And then I had to get up and tell all of my friends at pre-prom. Surprise. Oh, my gosh. That yeah. is so wild that, it, I mean, a six-month audition process just sounds like the longest boot camp. <laughs> it was intense, I'll tell you. It was, but I think, you know, it was my first audition too, really. Like, it was my first, like, I'd say substantial, like, I had auditioned for the musical, but that was very different. Like, the musical, auditioning for the musical and auditioning for the film were completely two two totally different beings um you know so mm-hmm. I definitely caught on very quickly that the movie they were really really looking for something specific and I had no idea that I yeah. was that that specific someone <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, we are all very grateful that they found you because you were absolutely amazing in Hairspray. I, I remember seeing it in theaters and being like, oh my God, who is this girl? She's so good. Oh, thank you. I was honestly just having so much fun. I always tell people, I'm like, the amount of fun that you guys had watching it in the theaters, like just times that by like a bajillion, like we had so much more fun making it. Like every day was just, every day was Christmas, your birthday, Easter, like just, it just topped the last day. It was better than last. Oh my gosh. I love to hear that about films that, that you love because it's so nice to know that the creation of it was as special as it was to everyone who watches it. And it, it is something that's rare. You know, not all sets are incredible. And to hear about sets like that, it just makes me so happy. What happened? Oh. I froze there for a second. All good. <laughs> um, so what happens after Hairspray? You do this this mega movie and become like a mega overnight star. Like it never happens and it happens to you. And then what? What did you do after? <sighs> you know, um, it's it's been a tricky navigating this journey, life after life since Hairspray. Because when you do a project that massive and it's your first project out and you have this incredible chemistry with the cast and like it just everything felt so incredibly natural um, about that entire process. And that's what I think was so. Um, oh, jeez, Not now, mom. Not now. Not now. See, my mother is still. You got. I would, see, no, no. No, she doesn't get the hint. Like she's like a multi, she's a multi FaceTimer. Like if you don't answer once, she's going to try again. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like I hit decline twice for a reason. Oh my God. But you know, I wouldn't have been able to do hairspray without my real mom because I was still 17 when I got the movie. So my mom had to give yeah. up her job and move to Canada with me. And you know, so we started a whole life mm. up there filming. And so when you have a project that's, as wow. great as Harrisburg for your first project, it's kind of hard to um, know that like the rest of them aren't necessarily going to be like that because it was just so special. It was my first as well, like my first movie. Um, so it just holds such a deep place in my heart. Yeah. But all of the projects that I've worked on, every film that I've been a part of since the audition process and the filming process has been a wealth of knowledge for me and I've learned so much about the business about myself and so each role really has played a different and specific and important role in my life my own personal life mm. it's true we learn so much from from the people that we play because we get to play around and be things that we never thought we were gonna be people we never thought we could be and yet you really do learn something about who you are yeah. at the end of it. I mean, I I was talking to my mom the other day about it. And she was, I was like, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm letting people down. I was like, because, you know, Tracy was like on 24-7. And like, it's not physically possible for anybody to be like that happy and like singing 24-7. And so like mm -hmm. when people just meet me in the grocery store or like, or Target or whatever, and they're like, they're... Like, I think they expect me to, like, break out in song and dance. And, like, when it doesn't mm. happen, I think they're a little let down. And I'm like, yeah. um, my mom reminded me the other day. She was like, don't let anybody, you know, take 
that experience away from you or minimize it. She's like, cause you put in so much work. And I mean, there were days where, yeah, I mean, days that became nights that became overnighters that, yeah, we were sometimes shooting 18 hours a day and it was just so much fun Mm. learning everything about different shooting locations. And I was, I was a sponge. I was soaking it all up. I still am. Yeah. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with. Specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection. Totally open to having kids in the future. Is a tall rock climbing Libra. And loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. You kind of have to be in this industry. You have to have that like willingness to constantly learn. Yeah. And I think that's what makes this profession so much fun too, is that like we're constantly learning about new things, learning about new people. It's it's so much fun constantly. It's, it's an openness. It's keeping your mind open, keeping your heart open. You know, my friend Jane Seymour has um, a beautiful quote from her Open Hearts collection. She always says, you know, when you keep your heart open, it's all about keeping your heart open. And, you know, when we play these other characters and in this business, like you said, we can, you know, transform and go into play these different roles. But it's with an open mind and an open heart and just being open to new experiences. I think that's the main thing. I, I, I 100% agree and with you. And also being ready to, to kind of shed your own personal identity and be like, okay, like, yeah, that's me. But these are the roles I'm going to go play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that that is a very important factor of it is also like being able to leave the role on set and go home as you. That's something that I learned early on, too, where it's like, how do you leave that there and come home and just be yourself again? Yeah, I was just talking to my best friend uh, because she's an actress as well. And we were just talking about the difference between film and TV. And I was saying I loved, you know, filming a film because you get to play that character one shot deal. It's done. Mm -hmm. You walk away from it. 
TV, you get to return every week and open it up. And I said, and it's really just about the role on TV. Like I found out that when I was playing a character that I loved to go back to every week, that was the most exciting thing for me. Um, but then it was also extremely daunting because, you know, like with film, it has an end date with television. You never know. It's literally every season you're like, oh, are we going to get picked up for another season? You know, and it's that waiting game. And, um, but I, you know, you got to take it as it comes. Yeah. And that's all. I've just been taking it as it comes, I guess. Best way to, uh, to look at it truly is just like going with the flow and letting it be what will be. <laughs> I'm one of the most go with the flow, laid back New Yorkers you'll ever meet. <laughs> like it, it sounds like an <laughs> oxymoron, but it's it's a it's a thing. We're we're real. Um, even if I'm the sole one, no. Uh, I just I just have an interesting approach to life, and I think it is because I got hairspray so young, and I experienced magic so young like when you're on a set like that with all those people it fills your heart with magic and you have no choice but to have hope and faith that this whole crazy business and this whole you know all of the auditions that you go on and all of the stress you put yourself under is worth it you know you have to remind yourself that it's you mm. know and so at the end of the day I look back on my hairspray experience I look back on other experiences I've had on sets and I go Okay, it's all it's all been for something. It's all worth it in the end. It is. And we get to just, you know, play and do what we love, which is such a, a blessing in itself to be able to just consistently work and and do things that, that keep you happy is not everybody gets that in life and it's it's so wonderful. I think that was the thing with me was I had to learn that like consistency did not play a key in I, I had to learn after hairspray, like it wasn't going to be, if I could go back and tell myself anything now, it would be, it's not going to be a steady climb and it's not going to be mm -hmm. movie back to back. There's going to be in between times and there's going to be a lot of downtime and it's how you handle that time mm -hmm. and what you do with it. And, you know, for many years I found myself saying like, I'm not getting enough of the auditions that I want to see for myself or enough of the character representation out there for plus size women. And so, you know, what do they say when you want something done right? You got to do it yourself. So I started writing. Do it yourself. You know, yeah, just taking different avenues and trying different things and exploring different parts of myself that I know I didn't necessarily know were really there. Yeah, I, that's that's so fun. I mean, taking it on yourself and writing and have you produced any of these things? Are you, are you doing it now? Are you still writing things? I mean, yes. it's, it's such a great journey to be able to create for yourself because you get to be able to choose it. That's what's going on right now is I'm in the developmental stages of a couple projects and I'm writing and I'm producing and it feels good and it feels natural. It feels really nice. It, it feels like this is what I'm meant to be doing alongside of acting mm. and singing and you know, whatever it else it is that I do. Um, but I, uh, you know, it's just, it's finding out what works for you and what makes you happy on the daily. And every day that I get to send out an audition or, you know, even just have a conversation with my managers or just something involving the business, I know that I'm on the right path. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My mom always told me when I was growing up that you have to do one thing for your career every day. 
And obviously with social media, it's become so much easier because just posting a picture or promo promotion of something is technically doing something for your career every single day. Well, yeah, somebody, somebody was on me once about uh, like saying how I promoted so much about on my Twitter. This was a couple of years ago. I was like, isn't that what social media is for? Isn't that like self-promotion? Yes. Like that's what your entire existence on social media is for is to be like, Hey world, here I am. This is what I'm selling. This is the good that I got, you know? I was like, so, um, you know, I, and that's also another thing that I had to learn was that for all the love that I was going to get for hairspray, I was going to get a lot of crap too. And I had to learn how to just kind of take mm. it on the chin and roll with it. And, um, you know, as much as Tracy's loved, people love to just like, you know, sometimes hate on the girl that just brings everybody joy. Like, what the hell is up with that? They clearly need some help. Clearly. <laughs> they clearly haven't seen hair. <laughs> you, uh, you have your own podcast, Nikki Nights. I Tell do. me about the show. It's so fun. It started, I started it at the beginning of the pandemic, at the beginning of the quarantine. So, wow, that's like we're going back almost a year now. That's insane. Um, and I've talked to some incredible people, people in the entertainment business, um, actors, singers, dancers, uh, football players, um, all different people from all different designers, you know, just creative minds. And I think that's what's so fun about my show is like, we're just super open and honest and I'm super open and honest with my guests and my guests are super open with me and we just chat about our real life experiences. And, you know, I think I did it as really, you know, a source to just like put out good content during the quarantine, but now it's become a thing that I really enjoy doing every single week and, you know, booking the guests and talking with them about their experiences in the business or, or in their personal line of work or what have you. It's been really eye opening to me and it's been, you know, I've learned a lot just from talking to my guests and it's been really cool. I've enjoyed it. I like hosting. I like it. I I feel you. I discovered it as well. And I was like, oh, wow, this is this is kind of cool. I get to just talk to people. This is fun. Right. And you get to ask what's on your mind and like and like find, you know, I think for me, being on the receiving end of questions for the past 14 years, I've been asked questions now is my turn to ask questions. But I think what I like to do and what I take pride in most about my podcast is that I ask questions in a nice, kind way. I find a really nice way of approaching each question because I've been asked questions in such rude manners, you know? So I've just been like, you know, oh, oh yeah. So it's like, I'm, you know, I've learned. I'm like, okay how do you get to the heart of what you want to talk about without like making your guests feel uncomfortable or whatever. So, or how do you get to talk about what you want to talk about and what they want to talk about? So it's been a nice balance and it's been, it's been really interesting. I've enjoyed it. That's awesome. Where can, uh, where can people listen to that? It's just on all the, all the things. <laughs> it's on Spotify, uh, anchor, I believe it's on iTunes. We put it up on YouTube. So it's on there. It's Nikki nights. And yeah, there's a ton of episodes. One of my favorite ones is with, um, Olympic gold medalist, Scott Hamilton. And we just like talked about like his whole journey. Like, Oh, it just, I love, I love that episode. It's one of I'm favorites. definitely going to go listen to that after I get off here with you. 
Um, so on this show, we like to share audition stories that um, are either sad or good or bad or funny or anything, really. Just audition stories to, to help the young actors listening know that it's going to be okay. Yeah. Uh, so do you have any audition stories that you would like to share with us? I think, you know, the most, the one, I guess the one that would say, you know, that has like a, it's going to be okay outcome or the most positive outcome is when I was auditioning for the Broadway show of Hairspray and I was convinced that that was the only thing for me. I had to be on Broadway. I had to be on Broadway playing Tracy. And when they told me I was too young and that was like the most devastating soul crushing news, um, you know, because, but they explained to me that they can hire somebody older to play somebody younger because it, it can convey from stage on screen. It can't. Here's where that worked in my favor. I did not get the Broadway show. I didn't. I was devastated, went home crying the whole gamut. But a year later, I had that determination and I had that, it was just gnawing inside of me. I was like, maybe a year, a year. It had to have matured me some. It had to have helped. I went back on the Broadway show's website on my 17th birthday and in big bold letters, it said, we're casting the movie. Oh my gosh. And so it said, don't send in any audition tapes. I sent in an audition tape. <laughs> um, you know, so like, I, I kind of just did, I went my own way with that too. And they were just incredibly kind and it was a long process but my god was it ever worth it and there were some days I remember just like senior year of high school like waiting to get that call and now that I sit here almost 15 years later I'm like holy crap like it really happened that's insane that's so cool I can't believe you auditioned for the Broadway show and then a year later (laughs) you're doing the movie well a year and a half later you're doing the movie that's wild Well, see, my grandmother always had a saying to me. She always used to say everything happens for a reason and what's meant to be is meant to be. And when I didn't get the Broadway show, I was just like devastated. But I kept telling myself what my grandma, you know, always taught me and her wise words. And, you know, they still stand true to this day and they'll stand true until I leave this earth. Um, Because what is meant to be is meant to be and what will happen in your own personal journey what's meant to happen for you will happen for you. Um, and I'm just really thankful every day that I got to experience and be a part of the Hairspray family because it was just that. It was family. Well, we're very thankful that you were as well because you you made everyone smile and you continue to make thousands of people smile every time they watch that movie. Um, where can people follow you on social media to follow your journey and what you're doing? Oh, yeah, you can keep up with me on the social <laughs> meds. Uh, uh, Instagram, at Nikki Glonsky, just my name, N-I-K-K-I-B-L-O-N-S-K-Y. And you can keep up with me um, at the real Nikki Blonsky on TikTok because, well, Nikki Blonsky was taken. <laughs> how rude. I can't tell you how many times, like, literally my name's been taken for websites like whatever at this point I'm like I just I just automatically assume that it's going to be taken so I don't even try to go under it anymore (laughs) well thank you so much for coming on the show it was so great to talk to you and I I just loved hearing your story and you're just such a such a bright light in what can be a very dark industry so thank you for sharing the love and the happiness 
Absolutely. I think, you know, we all have our own personal mission and my mission every day is just to spread a little love, a little joy, a little happiness. And if I did that today, well, then my job is done, but um, not really. I'm going to go write some more, but thank you for having me. <laughs> and I look forward to seeing what you do in the future as well and keeping up with you. Thank you again to Nikki Blonsky for coming on the show and spending a little time with me. Tune in next week where I will have another guest tell me another story and um, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, next week's guest has a a very serendipitous ending as well, and it was um, it's a really good one. So make sure to tune in next week. Until then, you can follow us on social media. Those links are in the show notes, and uh, we have some really cool new show clips that are exclusively on our IGTV. So make sure to follow our Instagram to see those and see a little bit of the show. Tell your friends, tell your family, and, um, you know, I just, I really want to thank you guys for uh, listening every week and being so loyal. It really does mean so, so much. And as always, thanks for coming in. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.